0: Hey everyone. Welcome to the voice of social sales. I'm your host, Chelsea Pites. And today we are diving into specifics of content with context. The last few episodes, episode number seven and episode number eight, I've been talking all about personal branding and how to create your brand through your content. Last episode, I gave you the five E's of content. So if you haven't listened to that one first, please pause this. Go back an episode and listen to that because that's really going to set the stage for what I'm going to be talking about and giving you examples of today. One of the most frustrating things that I've had in my career is when I went to events or read books or listened to podcasts or watched videos on YouTube, I always felt like I wanted more. I wanted like an exact tangible example that I could really say, Oh, I get it now. I get it. So that's what I wanted to do with today's episode. I didn't want to just talk like high level. Hey, here, create an educational piece of content that has value. Okay. Got it. Great. But can you give me some examples? So here today we're going to be diving in about that. Now let me just back up a little bit because when I talked about my powerful personal brand formula, one of the things that I talk about into the in the section that's under we do control is the content and also the context we also control the distribution or the reach of putting that content out into the world so again just as a refresher content is your actual message the context is the meaning of the message delivered to the right person at the right time that is the magic that's the that's the money right there is the context because if it doesn't have a meaning or a value to the other person who you are delivering it to well then it's probably not going to get much engagement So the context, in my opinion, is built on really three different things. The five E's of content, which we talked about last week, that's educational, entertaining, engaging, emotional, and exclusive. The format of that content, whether it's video, photo, audio, written, is it a story? Is it a long form video on YouTube? Is it a mini movie? Is it a mini blog on LinkedIn? All of these formats do help with context. My personal favorite form of context, of course, is what I call sensory social, something that's appealing to The senses, the brain, the emotional center of our bodies. That would be video. That would be making eye contact. That would be making micro content through stories. That would be your daily vlog. Then you've got what you're doing right now. You're listening to my voice. So that's the audio component. Now, as somebody who has written a book, I absolutely value the importance of the written word and the impact there as well. So I'm not saying that that is not important. What I am saying is that there is this big surge in sensory social and appealing to to the senses of of our biology the third part of the context is the engagement. That's your follow-up. That's the comments, the shout-outs, the social media, the prospecting that you do, how you're following up with that content. You know, it's funny, um, if you haven't actually gone and downloaded, you can Google this, Gary V's content strategy. He did a slide deck a number of years ago. I think it was about two years ago, and it's about 85 slides, and it really breaks apart every single thing he does and his team does as far as creating content, from creating this pillar content to atomizing it and making micro content and so on and so on. So I highly recommend if you haven't checked that out. It's a great piece of content in and of itself. He talks about how he takes one pillar piece of content, a keynote, and then atomizes it out, atomizes it out, making means it breaks it out into different components and micro content to 31 pieces. He ended up getting like I think 35 million uh, people that it was reached. So it really amplifies the the content. But what was really important and struck me is that one of the key components of his just distribution strategy is to take the comments, the questions that come in in the comments after the content has been posted, and then really listening to what people are saying, what's resonating with them, what questions they're asking, and then making additional content off of that. Uh, Another way is crowdsourcing content. And I do this a lot on my Instagram stories. When somebody sends me and is kind enough to take the time to say, hey, I listened to your podcast and they post it on their Instagram story, I repost that to my story and say thank you. A couple of things that's happening there. Number one, it's content for me. Two, it's social proof as well. Three, it gives me an opportunity to introduce my community to somebody that they may not know, an account that they may not know yet. And that's how I really connected and grew a community in Snapchat, because Snapchat was so hard on discoverability, you couldn't find anyone. So I I really leaned on the recommendations, the introductions, quote unquote, air quotes, the introductions that other people gave me by giving them shout outs. So that's a really, really important part. So I'm going to review that one more time. What we control is our content, the message, our context, the meaning of that message, and context is gotten in three main ways. Those five E's, the format, and then engaging with the people who are consuming and engaging with your content. The other piece that we don't control, or that I'm sorry, we do control is the distribution. We've got to make this content and then get it out there, right? We've got to get the reach. So you've got your build phase and your growth phase. The build phase is the the consistent part. You've got to show up. You've got to be there. On a regular basis. And by the way, consistent doesn't mean every day. It doesn't mean every day all day either. And you see these great people, um, you know, that we look at these experts and these people who are killing it with content and, and, you know, saying do more and more and more. And we think, my goodness, how do they have time to do that? You have to remember that's not how everybody started. The way that we started was maybe on one platform. Maybe it's just Facebook and you're posting maybe once a week. And then in a couple of weeks, you're posting three times a week and you're, commenting and you're engaging and you're mastering one platform at a time because what happens is you gain so many skills and tools by mastering one platform that you can then apply to other platforms think of it like this let's say you were an attorney and you decided you wanted to give up being an attorney and you would rather do real estate or you'd rather do mortgage there are plenty of skills that you that you gained through your study and practice of being an attorney that you can apply to your study and practice of being whatever the next role is. So think of it with social media. You don't have to start everywhere all at once. You can start on one thing, be consistent, which also sets up expectations. I love to give this example about Target, right? We walk into a Target, doesn't matter where we're at, and we feel like we are somewhat home because it's very familiar to us. People always say to me, yeah, but what if nobody watches my Facebook Live videos? What if nobody watches my videos? Who cares? I call it putting billboards on the highway. People are going to get used to seeing your brand in your face, and they may not watch everything you do. But they're going to see you every time. You want them to say, oh my gosh, every time I open up my Facebook or my Instagram feed, I see you or your content there. So yes, is it important that people engage and consume your content? It is. But it's also important that you show up consistently with your brand in that build phase and that people start to see that you are reliable. And it may take them a month, nine months, a year, 18 months, 24 months before they actually reach out and contact you, if at all. But it takes time like everything else. Then you've got your growth phase. That's where you increase the frequency. So maybe you've gone from two or three times a week on your Facebook or your Instagram. And now you're going to, you're going to bump it up. You're going to do it every day and you're going to accelerate your growth. By doing that, And as you get more familiar with these platforms, and you're like, okay, I kind of get Instagram stories, I'm feeling it, I understand it, I'm doing my stories every day, then you got your Facebook stories going on, you've really got to get into a rhythm. So the, the distribution or the reach is the build phase and the growth phase, growth phase, and the consistency is what's going to bring the people there and build the trust, and the familiarity and the relatability and the growth phase is what's going to accelerate, it's going to that frequency is going to accelerate the growth. All right, so those are my my opinions on on content and context so let's talk a little bit about some actual examples of what I think is valuable content okay I also want to bring up before I kind of, of go into this on my last podcast I talked about this concept of um, of personal versus private because a lot of people come to me and they say hey you know what I I'm all about doing the content. I'm all about doing the stories. I'm a little iffy about kind of getting really personal. I don't really feel comfortable, you know, having people like in my house or see my kids. That's totally okay, and I completely understand that. I am actually a very private person, but I am also sharing a lot of my personal content. So let me talk about my thoughts around personal versus private. So here's an example personal, right? The the personal is so important because that's really the relatability factor. When we can relate to somebody and say, "Oh my gosh, I do that too," or I see myself in that person, it bonds us and we don't even realize that it's happening. So it is important to be personal. It is important to be human. Mark Schaefer just came out with a new book and I haven't read it yet, but it's called Marketing Rebellion: The Most Human Company Wins. And we're really all about, you know, this human attribute, having a face, having a personal touch. Being real, right? And I know we hear these buzzwords, authenticity, transparency, blah, 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 blah. You're not going to be real and human and authentic and transparent the first time you do an Instagram story. If you do, great. Good on you. That's awesome. I was not. I was a hot mess. I was nervous. I was not even looking into the camera. That's okay because without that, you're not going to get better. It's the consistency piece like I talked about. So here's the thing about personal. Let's say my hubby and I go out for a date night. You might see the the picture of the menu or the name of the restaurant, but you're not you're not going to be seeing our private conversation or us talking about our vacation planning at the table. That's private. But the personal side is what you're going to see because you're going to kind of get a glimpse into what I'm doing. So you don't have to go into the nitty-gritty details and and believe me, there are oversharers, we all know oversharers. And that's okay. That's, you know, if that works for them, if that's their preference. But I will encourage you, please think about how that small personal touch, how sharing a little bit of, an, of a glimpse into your, where you're going on a vacation or what you like to do on Sunday afternoon or what kind of food you like to cook for your family, what is your hobby, what is your passion people will relate to those things. And you'll find that you can create all this great content. I, I'm i one of these people. I'm raising my hand right now. I spent so much time creating content about lead generation and marketing and branding. And then I would share something about my son or uh, something about a frustration. And that's what really got the engagement and the conversation going. And I'd laugh and I'd say, geez, I spent all this time, you know, putting all this content together that's going to help you build your business. But that's the one thing that you guys are commenting on. And that's really what taught me that there's value you outside of only educational content. So um, I do want to drive that home that you can be personal without being private. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. All right, so examples. Um, I have a great friend of mine who I met through Snapchat, and his name is Rich Hopin, and he is actually out in the New Jersey area. And one of the things that I talk about as far as valuable content is things that you cannot easily Google or you can't Google at all. And Rich really cornered the market with things that you can't easily Google. Now, I want to explain that. Things that you can't Google at all, for example, houses that haven't hit the market yet. Okay? So not all of us are able to do that. Not all of us have those. Not all of us are able to market that way. So please make sure that you're checking your local association guidelines and rules, but a pocket listing or something like that would be really important. For example, me, I've been looking for a house for 18 months. We're in the real estate industry. It's a really crazy market, low inventory here. It's very hot where I'm at. And if somebody said to me, oh, I've got three houses coming up uh, that aren't going to be hitting the market, you know, in the next uh, week or so, that would be something I'd sign up for. That would be like, hey, yeah, I'm going to click that, that ad, maybe in Facebook, and I'm going to sign up for that because I want to know that information. Um, Also, market data, you know, appreciation. I guess I could probably really look some of that up, but it's really hard to find online. So if you were able to package that for me and send it to me on a yearly basis, that would be something that I would be interested in because we all want to know what our appreciation or equity in our home is. The other thing that is the hard to Google part, right? You could spend your time doing it hard to Google is things that my friend Rich did, Uh, like if, imagine if you're moving from, I'm in Arizona. Imagine if you're moving from Arizona to New Jersey. I wouldn't know anything about the public transportation system. You know, 30 minute drive for us here is nothing. That's not even a commute. 30 minute drive to, in other places, that's a long commute. We don't have subways. We don't have a lot of public transportation. Most people are driving a car. I would not know anything. I wouldn't know the first thing about trains, where to go, train stations, how much does it cost, where do I get a, a pass for it, a card, whatever they might be using. Another thing is is a lot of homes in that particular area don't have garages. We have a garage here. A lot of street parking has to happen. Well, I don't know anything about that or how long it might take me. What's the commute time? Is it an hour from New Jersey to the city of New York if I'm going to be working there? So these are things that he did. He created, it took him, I believe, uh, about a week to put all of this together. So again, pillar content. You're putting time into it. (laughs) You're you're taking your time or you're spending some money. You're having somebody edit a video. Maybe you're hiring a copywriter because this is going to be your main content that then you make out into your micro content. So he put together everything, the A to Z, the times, Uh, the traffic, different days, where to park, how much it is, how to take the train, where to find it. That would be super helpful for me if I was moving from one side of the country to the other. That is something that's hard to Google. Could I? Yeah, I would spend hours doing it. So you're saving me time, you're saving efficiency, and you're saving me money because time is money. So that's something really valuable. Here's another example just think about the simple things of moving across town. So let's say you're not moving across states, but you're moving across town. Here in Arizona, we have very large, you know, expanses of of, um, city, you know, it might be 45 minutes for me to get from one town to another. What happens is, is that I, if I had to move from here to another city, even though it's in the same state, I'd have to find all new doctors, all new pediatricians, new dentists, um, you know, all these little things, hair salons, all of that. After school programs, sports, my kids in soccer or gymnastics, I'd have to find a new place for that. That could be something that I could Google, right? But I don't want to go through all that. So if somebody had, you know, the best of, whatever city it is, the best of Phoenix, the best of Scottsdale, the best of Gilbert. And I had all of those things, those mundane things that we don't think about, but we all need in our everyday lives, after school programs, the soccer club, uh, you know, where the libraries are, what kind of programs they have. Here's, you know, the local pediatric dentist, here's reviews, here's what people have to say. Putting that into one guide, that is a lot of work. And that could be something that's living and breathing and goes on, you know, over weeks and months, you could add to it on a yearly basis. But that is something that is really, really helpful. So, those are two things right there that are examples of hard to Google. My next example for valuable content is your own opinion, your own thoughts, your own takeaways. I call it the three T's tips, tricks, and takeaways. So, so many people say to me, I don't know where to start with content. How do you come up with it every day? Honestly, take somebody else's content. Now, I'm not advocating for stealing someone's content. I'm saying go to somebody else's content that you respect, whether it's a book or a podcast or an article that you've read that may be relevant either to your passions or to your industry, and then talk about it. Go on and do a Facebook Live saying, I just read this article or this book, and I want to give you my three tips, tricks, or takeaways, whatever you feel comfortable talking about and why. Why is it important to you? And then asking people the questions and asking for their opinions as well. That is really, really good content because everybody has an opinion. Everybody has their own slant. Everybody has their own way of taking something that maybe every person has done or a lot of people have done. Let me give you an example. A lot of people love the book Miracle Morning. If you haven't read it, it's a great book. It's a book about, you know, kind of getting your whole day set up in the first 30 to minutes to an hour of your morning. And a lot of people have done that, but nobody has done it like you. And nobody has had your experiences like you have. So simply talking about your personal insights, opinions, tips, tricks, and takeaways is really, really valuable. The other thing that's valuable that I got out of Agent 2021 is that if nothing else, literally just talk about what you did that day. Now, does that sound like amazing content? Uh, probably a lot of you would say, not really, it sounds kind of boring, but what I will tell you, and I've mentioned this in some of my other podcasts, is that there is magic in the mundane. It is the, um, this, this scientific, you know, neuroscientific, uh, thing that happens as humans where we like to just watch other people and it's becoming very commonplace. So I definitely would encourage you to really think about what are you doing in the day? And if maybe that will at least get you started, in the habit of creating content on a daily basis. So really my, my favorite ways to create content. Again, the pillar content. It has to be either hard to Google or something you can't Google. Something you can't Google is actually really difficult. That's why I wrote my book because I couldn't find anything and writing a book <laughs> is definitely an endeavor. Um, so, so that's kind of the, the main area of where I would have you focus. And then again, When you're looking at hard to Google, can't Google, then look at the five E's. Look at the format. Look at the engagement after that. How can you crowdsource content from it? How can you atomize it? How can you break it out into other pieces of content? And then the next thing would be your opinion, your tips, tricks, and takeaways, And then also curating other people's content, you know, sharing other people's content, but always give your two cents. And then last but not least, of course, this is not mine uh, phrase. This is, of course, Gary V. document over creating. Just just show up and talk to people and, and say, here's what I'm doing today. If you're going to go meet a client, you know, do a quick 10 second story in Instagram and say, hey, I'm going to go meet a client today. You don't have to say who they are or what you're going to be talking about, but you're letting people know that you're active, that you're busy, that you're doing things. Here's the best part about telling your story, right? You never have to ask for referrals and you don't have to remind people what you do because they see it. And that's the beauty of telling a story. Uh, people will come to you and say, hey, you know what? My sister actually needs to list her house and I, I was just thinking of you because you're always top of mind. Because as you're going about your day and you're showing homes or you're helping people get loans or you're talking about serving your clients, people understand what you do. You don't have to say, hey, I'm a real estate agent. If you know anybody looking to buy yourself, send me a referral. You don't even have to do that because you're showing people through your story. And that's a really valuable way to look at, um, you know, stories over, over the sales pitch. So those are some tips on creating valuable content. Remember, Try not to overthink it too much. I know we've done several podcasts on content alone, but you can get analysis by paralysis. Been there, done that. What I would encourage you to do, my challenge to you is this, get out a piece of paper. It doesn't even have to be anything fancy. I want you to put one through 30 and I want you to go and I want you to write down every single thing that you think you could talk about, whether it's a question a client has asked you, a passion that you have, your favorite book, your favorite podcast, your favorite person to follow on Instagram, your favorite person to follow on Facebook, your favorite YouTube video. I don't care what what it is, it doesn't have to be related to your industry. I want you to write something down. And then I want you after you've written that topic down, I want you to give three bullet points of topics that you could pull from that tips, tricks or takeaways. When you do this, what will happen not only will you be prepared for 30 days' worth of content, but you will also start to think in a different way. It's like the reticular activator. If you've ever heard that before, I see I buy a white car and suddenly I see all the white cars on the highway. Uh, when you get pregnant and you're like, oh my gosh, suddenly everybody's pregnant around me. Your brain is looking for those similarities. And what happens is as you start to create content, you will be inspired to continue to create more. You'll be on the lookout. Again, my favorite app, my favorite website is feedly.com, F as in Frank, E-E-D-L-Y. It's also an app. This is where you can aggregate all of your blog content. I have hundreds of blogs on there. I open it up five minutes a day. I get all these new ideas. I write them down. I still write mine down. I use Post-it notes. And I'm looking at my desk right now. I have all these ideas for content. You will never run out of ideas. But if you don't force yourself to start writing them down and give yourself at least 30 days and spend 30 minutes creating 30 days of content... You will thank yourself for it. And what will happen is you will start to see that you can then create even more content off of the content you created. The important part is when you post this, when you create it, when you do your live, when you do your mini blogs, when you do your stories, take the commentary that you're getting and then write that down on another list so that you can come back to it and make more content. I hope this has been helpful uh, talking about content and what we can control, the content, the context, the five E's format, engagement, also the distribution and the reach. I hope these ideas have given you some examples. I'd love to hear from you. If you would like me to cover anything on this podcast, please email me at cpites, One at gmail.com cpites1 at gmail.com that's c-p-e-i-t-z the number one at gmail.com I'd love to include your questions here I'd also love to connect with you on all the socials you can see my daily vlog on Instagram every single day you can check out my YouTube channel I'm also on podcast doing face or I'm sorry I'm also on Facebook doing Facebook lives as well you can find me everywhere under my name that's at chelsea.pites that's p-e-i-t-z